0: This is an Advent sermon entitled, Do Not Quench the Spirit. Holy and life-giving God, kindle our hearts anew to focus on the joyful anticipation of your coming again. Amen. About 15 years ago now, I was sitting in the chapel of Harvard Divinity School. It was an early evening service, dark outside because it gets dark so early in the winters in Boston. The chapel was lit with a few warm candles as we sat bundled up in our puff coats and mittens, waiting for the service to begin. In walks a young divinity student dressed in a white robe and a wreath upon her head with real candles that were lit. I maybe stopped breathing. My throat started closing in and there was this pain in my chest. I started looking around. Does anyone else sense the danger here? Couldn't they have used fake lights for crying out loud? What if she catches on fire? What if the chapel catches on fire? What if we all go up in flames two weeks before Christmas? The service that night was in celebration of St. Lucia, St. Lucy, which is a feast day Christians celebrate in Sweden, Norway, and parts of Finland. St. Lucy was killed by the Romans in 304 for her religious beliefs. So across Scandinavian towns today, December 13th, young girls will dress in white robes with wreaths on their head and young boys will wear white pajama-like clothes and sing songs to mark the beginning of the Christmas season. The celebrations are meant to bring hope and light in the darkest part of the year, intentionally tied to the waiting of the light we await to penetrate the worldly darkness. Today, here in the sanctuary and maybe in your homes, we light our third Advent candle, which is my favorite, the pink candle. The day of St. Lucia and the lighting of the pink candle have much in common. The blue or maybe in some of your home's purple candles are are the more solemn colors of this season. Like Lent, they are of a more penitential flavor, a color and a flavor we've all maybe grown quite familiar with as we move through these pandemic days that have felt like the longest Lent ever, combined with the waiting for hope in the darkness elements we think of Advent. Today, we're tasked with a different kind of spiritual discipline though. Today, as we light the rose pink candle, we're asked to lean into the joyful anticipation of waiting for God to be made incarnate once again. And I think this year gives us the best opportunity we've had in a long, long time to test our faith a bit and dig deeper into the reservoir of our theology. It's a chance to pull from the deeply held beliefs of our heart and put them upon our lips, speak them aloud to each other, carry them in our bodies, and act with them with our hands, our hearts, and our feet. Our lips uttered a bit ago this morning when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. Then were we like those who dream. It's easy in our culture to immediately equate fortunes with money, wealth, prosperity. Yet the next lines speak the true definition of fortune as it applies to faith. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, make the watercourses of the Negev. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. This is a year that individuals, communities, towns, states, our country, and the world have sowed tears over losing loved ones to COVID, loss of jobs, and losing an overall sense of security and normal way of life. When there is so much simultaneous individual and collective loss, it can feel blasphemous to even consider reaping with songs of joy, being filled with laughter and shouts of joy. God has shown me through my own experiences and countless experiences of others that we don't live one-dimensional lives. Like the blues and pink of our Advent wreaths, Our lives simultaneously hold elements of sorrow and grief, anxiety and fear, penitence and somber, and elements of joy, laughter, lightness of being, ease. Though there may be glaring loss, grief, and heartbrokenness in our lives and the lives of those we love right now, can we also find the glimpses of light, moments of joy or sense the anticipation of hope, even amidst the darkness. I invite you, whatever you discover, whatever joy and glimpse of light, write it down, share it with a friend, post it on social media. We are a world hungry right now for some contagious light, joy, and hope. We're not being disrespectful to the loss, pain, and suffering in the world. When we lean into the light and joy, we are called to feel the very real pain in our lives and the pain of the world and not give in to it. It's a true both and. We cannot let it be the whole story because it's not the whole story. We're called in all our glorious God-created humanity to be whole to weave the light into the darkness, to remember our laughter and joy alongside our tears and grief. In Paul's letter to the Thessalonians this morning, we hear rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Well, let's call a spade a spade. When times are good, giving thanks is pretty easy. When the chips are down and suffering is palpable, giving thanks doesn't feel intuitive or sometimes even appropriate. And yet God asks us to do just that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Keep rejoicing. Pray without ceasing. And you know what I love this next piece? Do not quench the spirit. Because the Spirit can move through and even use the darkest experiences of our lives. Giving thanks, being grateful in all circumstances, keeps us open. And when we're open, the Spirit has room to move and breathe and have her being. Do not quench the Spirit. Because as we stay open in our gratitude and the Spirit moves through God has the opportunity for this. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and body and soul be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And isn't that what all of us need a bit more of right now? The God of peace himself sanctifying us entirely keeping our spirit and our soul and our body sound oh i can feel the ease move through my being as i say these words can you feel it may the god of peace and himself sanctify you entirely may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound Thessalonians speaks great wisdom this morning as how we might live into our side of the covenant with God as we walk through Advent during a pandemic. And let's not forget how God continues to work on God's side of this covenant. Oh, how I love this passage from Isaiah this morning. We hear Isaiah share, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to provide for those who mourn, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness, Instead of mourning, the mantle of praise, instead of a faint spirit. We may have to dig a little deeper for it, look a little harder, but as we allow ourselves to notice the light, joy, and comfort in our midst, may we remember who is providing. We are called not only to recognize God's blessings for ourselves for our own lives, but also witness blessings in others and their lives. Sometimes we need people to help us see the light, the joy, and the good news in the midst of the darkness. Because it's also out of our both our pain and our darkness, as well as our light and our joy, that we become God's hands and heart in this world. Isaiah says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And God did just that. In the Gospel of Luke, when they hand Jesus the tablet in the temple and he speaks, he reads this very passage from Isaiah and lets it be known that he, Jesus, is the fulfillment of this message. Talk about hope. And here's the thing, friends. The hope of Jesus fulfilling the good news of the prophet Isaiah is not merely a hope we read about on Sundays. This is a living hope that continues to penetrate our lives and shape the way we live and speak and act and care for each other. Jesus wasn't only the fulfillment. He was also the teacher He continues to teach us through Scripture and a close relationship with Him and the Spirit how we might make the good news made manifest here on earth. So as we walk through this third week of Advent, may we be intentional about looking for the joy, allow laughter to arise from our beings. May we keep our hearts open by rejoicing always and praying without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances. May we not quench the Spirit. May we give the Spirit room to move and breathe through us and guide our lives. In doing so, the God of peace himself sanctifies us entirely. Our spirit and soul and body are kept sound. Like the prophet Isaiah echoed through our Lord and Savior, Speak into our hearts this week. May we discover for ourselves how we're waiting and preparing for God to be made manifest again through Jesus and us, his followers, to bring good news to the oppressed, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, comfort those who mourn. God can and is doing great things with us, friends. May we keep listening as we wait and prepare. Amen.